Welcome to the Journal Hijabi podcast. I'm your host, Sirin, and here we're all about elevating the voices of hijabi women in mainstream media through authentic storytelling. Without further ado, let's begin the episode. Hi, Yasmin. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Welcome back to Journal Hijabi. It's good to be here yet again. So we're... Cr- <laughs> You kind of live here. So I'm currently sitting in my sister's apartment in Austin. I came back with her. She lives here. I live back in our hometown. So I I brought this journal with me where I kind of brain dump my thoughts for the podcast as they come. What's a brain dump? When you dump your brain in a trash can. (laughs) Um, No, tell people because it's a really cool way to... Well, I kind of got the... Well, actually you were telling me like the term brain dump but really what i meant to say was like a train of thought so whenever i have like a train of thought pop up about the hijab or like relating it to journal hijabi or like muslim woman i have this journal where i open it and i write like the episode like laid out so now i've laid out kind of like how the hijab seems to always tie back to politics and controversy which just really kind of bugs me and i was scrolling on instagram and i came across my favorite you know instagrammer creator influencer noel sorry mm-hmm. i really hope i'm saying that right let's just say noel um she's like this hijabi in australia and she posted about her marriage mm-hmm. like being married being married as a muslim woman and how you know she just said that that's like the biggest accomplishment of the year for her mm-hmm. and so immediately she's received like backlash in the comments of like well how you're tying your biggest accomplishment to a marriage or to a man and this and so she just like talks about it in her story and you know this is today Mm. writes like how muslim women need to start supporting other muslim women and just be happy for them Mm -hmm. and how like marriage is romanticized and just to see it as you know not trendy she discusses that so let's see what exactly what she said so this episode is like based off of kind of like that idea to where the hijab just keeps tying back to politics controversy when really like i just want wanted it to be like you know like a fun a conversation something with your hijabi but it's just the reality of it i'm facing it and so this is kind of what this episode is so as you might have heard before were or i am incorporating like the four daily check-ins on my podcast so whatever person i have or if it's just like me recording it solo we do this four kind of check-in four-way check-in so i'm gonna start physically right now i feel kind of honestly tense and anxious because when you talk about like the hijab it's such a personal topic to me and you don't you won't really understand it unless you're hijabi sometimes you literally feel like you're fighting for your life mm. like you're fighting a war because what you choose to wear is political and it's discussed in courthouses and there's bans on it and laws like a literal attack on what you choose to wear mm. and that's draining and it could yeah. be scary so that's how i feel what am I doing about it? I'm recording this podcast unapologetically yeah. as a, a journal hijabi and speaking up about it and, and just knowing that it's not with me and my hijab. It's like with them. 
mentally. I feel like I'm in la-la land. That's all. Um, spiritually, I always say it's an ongoing practice. Like you can never really be like perfect spiritually or lacking. It's always like trying. So now because I'm kind of traveling like, you know, outside of like where I live, I've just like been combining prayers and I really like I bring my masfaha and I try to do a lot of like dhikr, you know, just keeping God on your tongue and like remembering him and reading Quran mm-hmm. at night, even if it's just like one page, one surah. Like I read Surah Al-Mulk, which, yeah, you know, they say like it's supposed to protect you of the punishment in the grave. So yeah, a nice thought to go to sleep with. Beautiful. You don't want to be punished in the grave. Read Surah Al-Mulk, apparently. Yeah. And then lastly, the fourth one, emotionally. Emotionally... I don't know, it's kind of tricky because do you think that like mentally and emotionally is like kind of the same? It's funny that you say that because I was thinking mental physically brain. and emotionally kind of feel the same. Because well, if you would say physically, no, because f- physically is like a little feeling in your body. Emotionally is like in your mind and then mentally is like in your brain. So emotionally, You think emotionally is in your mind? like yeah emotion is a body because feeling. you well it could be both but because like i wake up and in my mind i'm telling my mind that i'm going to be happy i'm training my mind to mm. be positive i'm training my mind my mind right now wants to be sad you know stuff like that so emotionally i would say i'm good i'm like okay i'm i'm excited you whoa physically i think i'm feeling a little bit tense and anxious but it feels good that we are doing something about it and recording this podcast and talking about it is is what makes it what is what (laughs) the pet that had the pet is what um makes the difference and makes us express our feelings so that we can then actually do something about it um Mentally, I'm honestly feeling discombobbled right now. Discombobulated. <laughs> discombobulated. Disfigurated. Because, yeah, because of the conversation that we just had about emotionally, you said emotionally for you is something mental. And I said emotionally for me, it's something bodily. And that's just something that I'm pondering on because you're so right. It is something that you can say in your brain, I am happy, I am sad. And that just shows that it just goes to show how powerful our brain is and how we can really command our brain to feel a certain way and you're not just tied to how your body feels so definitely pondering that idea and want to sit with it i think that that's going to be really beneficial for me so thank you for bringing that up um so that's mentally physically emotionally i'm feeling really full i'm feeling really great i'm really happy that you're here and that we get to have this sister bonding time and have good conversations and make good memories together and yeah what i'm doing about that is just doing it harnessing that feeling (laughs) yeah exactly and then spiritually Spiritually, I'm feeling good. I think, um, you know, definitely didn't do my stretchies today, which is an important part of me feeling good spiritually because I feel like stretching for me is a really good way to release. Nurture your deep divine femme. Yeah, and just like release any 
uh, stagnant energy in the body. So, so yeah, I definitely need to do a little bit of that. Yeah. But yeah, that's my four check-ins, and I'm really glad that we that we started doing that because it's a really beautiful way to check in with yourself. It's always important to do that. It's a beautiful reminder. Yeah, and I feel like it's definitely important to bring up like being a Muslim woman because I was just telling you before that it's not something that I see like in the online community in social media of like Muslim women like being healthy or active or wellness you know unfortunately like I've just seen it either be like gossip or drama or like not being you know or or jealousy or, or stuff like that so I'm really trying to bring like that wellness aspect and and you know I'm not I'm not gonna say Muslim because I keep saying I never like blame the religion or point at the religion because Islam is perfect it's the culture I guess like the culture and society mm-hmm. because the people because human beings make up cultures and society and human beings aren't perfect yeah exactly so don't distort the religion you know sometimes i think like such an amazing religion has been sent down something so perfect so holy so golden sent down to us like it could it could have been sent to any people in the world and it was sent down to us and even we don't even know even we don't even know what to do with it like wow like it's just like we'll just cry yeah I was just telling you that about, you know, like Ramadan is coming up and and just like that month feels just so out of the world so magical. Precious, yeah. Pre- I thought you said depression. Like what? Wait, what? <laughs> like out of the world fairy tale magical but also a beautiful struggle mm-hmm. of a beautiful struggle. Of, That's perfect. Of fasting in your body and your heart. And there was like a saying that I always go back to Ramadan, which is empty your stomach and feed your soul. Mm-hmm. Like that's what Ramadan is. And like thinking that we have like Mecca and Hajj and the Gabit. Like yeah. when I look at videos and pictures of that and like that's for us like Muslims, I'm like, whoa, that's like the most beautiful thing that I've like ever seen. Yeah. So I asked you, like I was thinking of thoughts and like ideas about the hijab and I were kind of asking this question earlier of at what point in history did we decide for the hijab to be political diplomatic i don't think we decided i think someone decided yeah for us. not we but you know like yeah. like in in society people was like the prophet's days when it was first mentioned in the quran like historical because you feel like ever since the beginning of the hijab and the headscarf like it's been political and controversial so i did some research and i dated back to okay like who were the first hijab or like when was it like first mentioned when was like the concept of the veil we know it's in the quran so essentially they dated back to 627 ce which is common era that's that's been a very long time that mm-hmm. that's you know it's been through a lot of history the hijab and yeah. essentially when you really research it and i want to make a whole episode about this the hijab was essentially a sign of social status social status that mm. you you know you would avail yourself because you wouldn't be like out there working in the fields or something or, or mm. something like that you know it was like a social status like nowadays they'll wear like the gloves or some you know the scarves you know it's a, a sign of social status mm-hmm. and it's so high social status so high social status it's so sad that now it's coined the opposite 
mm-hmm. like in a such an image of dangerous or mm-hmm. oppressed or this like how dare you yeah. discoin my term determ my hijab like that it's it's a symbol of social status is what it is yeah and it's so much more than that but i think that you know these people know it's power the hijab and and what it means to us and when people see something powerful and something so beautiful when they don't know it they become then afraid of it and they become because they become afraid of it they just want to tear it down they want to break it down they want to paint it in this negative light and unfortunately that's what they've done about the hijab that's what also what they've done about islam and and that brings me to say i'm just really thankful for journal hijabi because even though hijab has been seen to be something political and controversial journal hijabi creates the space for it to be fun and playful and for us to hear stories mm-hmm. from hijabis from hijabis not from the news yeah. not from this random article that a white man wrote mm-hmm. but also i was telling you like now that i'm realizing like i've been shying really shying away and trying with every ounce of my being to make journal hijabi a different narrative of the hijab mm-hmm. a way of not only from me but like fun and celebratory but i've come to the conclusion like now it's like um i'm just embodying everything that comes with the hijab and sometimes that does mean that it's going to be controversial and political so now i'm embodying that i was denying it for the longest i just wanted it to be fun chatty talk about it relate about it but that's not reality Mm -hmm. so now i'm accepting all the spectrum of the hijab politics controversy controversy fun talking it could be all those things and that's okay yeah that's a good point so when i kind of get deep into topics like this i like to do my own research and dig deep like into peer-reviewed scholarly articles that have that are like fact-checked so there's this article by jstore.org and i'll Anytime I mention an article, I'm going to put it in the description notes. It's titled Muslim Woman in the Politics of the Headscarf. I'm kind of going to read over that, just like an overview and like, let's see. And I really haven't, you know, read it before this. So like, let's see what we think about it or kind of talk about it like in more detail. Muslim Woman in the Politics of the Headscarf by Anna. For many women, wearing the hijab was and is an element of pity. <laughs> it's piety, right? Piety? Piety. Pity? Is it P-I-O-T-Y? Well, that's it. It's the reality piety? of it. Yeah, piety. P-I-E-T-Y. Well, that says something. Okay. As the hijab, the headscarf worn by many Muslim women has become increasingly visible in global metropolises, it has also become increasingly politicized. Many people are surprised to learn that the hijab in the sense of a head covering appears nowhere in the Qur'an. Primarily associated with Islam, the headscarf has been popular in different parts of the world for a spectrum of culture, religious, and pragmatic reasons. The practice of head covering has been common in Jewish, Christian, Hindu, and Hindu communities. 
but it never attracted as much attention and engendered so much controversy in relation to those faiths as it done in the Muslim context since the 19th century. So it's interesting, like now just reading it, seeing how it's like relating the hijab to like different cultures across the whole world. And so it's saying like the Reza Shah mm. in Iran, Iran of 1936 about like the prohibitions and you know the hijab and, and things like that and then like also in turkey um in afghanistan's king strongly discouraged its use in the 1920s and 30s and so here we have you know turkey iran afghanistan egypt during the british colonial period the hijab was controversial so you see how it really dates back to everywhere around the world, political, historically. So let's see why. Well, it was interesting how it said it was in Egypt during Brit- British c- control. Mm, let's go back to the British. The British. And the British then Reza, Reza Shah in Iran w- had a very British-controlled agenda. He wanted mm. to... Uh, westernize the country very much mm. it's like in modern day that's the hijab ban in france mm-hmm. so it's it's interesting Wait, see it? how like i mean i don't know what happened in turkey and in afghanistan but in those two examples in iran and egypt the controversy came from the west it wasn't it wasn't our own people you know what i mean it was like an outside influence saying that what you're doing is wrong You know, when I just read this part, this just answered our question in this whole podcast of why is the hijab political? And how could I forget this? The attacks of September 11th introduced a new era. Muslims were collectively punished for terror committed by 19 men. So anti-Muslim hate crimes rose a lot in the 2000s. So women who wore the hijab were conspicuous targets. That's when it started becoming political. Fuck. Wow. Didn't we know that? We didn't, like, we knew that, but we didn't, like, know that, know that. Mm -hmm. That's when it started tying into... Here in the U.S. Here in the U.S. and political and government and propaganda for the war on terrorism and banning Islam. And it's always a Western thing. Yeah. It really is. And do you know how many hijabis had to take off their hijab or decided to take off their hijab after 9-11 because they feared mm. their life? Like, that is so sad. Isn't America built on the idea to pre- freely practice your religion, whatever it may be, instead of being punished for it and blamed? Exactly. And I was thinking this the other day of how long they used, like, the media, American media, I don't know who it is, the hijab as a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. We were scapegoats in an image of war for so long and sort of still are, but I think it's getting better. Which, how, why I go back to telling you, like, it feels like survival, you know, mm-hmm. the hijab. But I'm sitting now, like, in more content from when we first started. Yeah. Because it was floating in the air. I was like, tense and anxious just like i told you feeling that well why is my hijab like why are you talking about my hijab why is it in laws why is it banned why are you telling me 
you know, discriminating at workplaces like literal rules. When did it become political? Oh, 9-11. You used as a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now we're like freeing ourselves. Muslim women are like freeing them. I want to say Muslim women. Hijabi women are freeing themselves from that scapegoat victim shackle mm-hmm. that we've been put upon in the eye of the media. Yeah. It's just, it's sad how people think that they have to paint something in a negative light just because they know nothing about it. But I honestly think it's deeper than that. You think it's that, but these are like specifically planned political agendas Mm -hmm. from, you know, president to president. And every time that they have a plan there has to be a scapegoat and for that era hijabis and hijabis were the scapegoats yeah and you know and maybe it's quite the opposite maybe they do know a lot about it they do know exactly the power that they're intolerant to it the deep-rooted issue that they're intolerant to it so it it was just like a two-in-one for them basically but like imagine knowing the power that you give back to a woman when she gets to choose what to wear and cover her herself in that way imagine how powerful a woman is when when she gets to have that opportunity they don't want women to be powerful they don't want and us not to be only powerful. that what is the hijab what is the hijab tied with islam yeah. the most powerful religion in the world mm-hmm. so it's like they won't allow that no so all this comes to my advice in the end of this episode is that don't be afraid that the hijab is, can sometimes be tied to politics and controversy and don't only think that the hijab is tied with politics and controversy that it's just much more than that on a large spectrum that it can be the embodiment of power mm-hmm. and being a woman and practicing your religion and being fun exactly we were curious about why hijab is political we did some research on it together we read about it and now we know the origins of the politics of hijab and we've come to understand that and now that we've come to this understanding and we know the root of it which is not our people and it is the west and it's very much fear-based that we can take a step back and remember that exactly that that this is just fear-based and people are people have that fear because they don't know about it and it's our duty to educate people about the hijab, I think. And, you know, like when I was a hijabi, I used to get questions all the time. Like, what is that? Why do you wear it? Like, tell me about it. And it was honestly my favorite question. And even these people would be, they would be hesitant to ask that because they didn't know like, oh, how, how am I going to feel about it? I loved getting that question because I loved telling people what the hijab was. And that is the work that is the work to tell people to educate people because people are politicizing it because they don't know and they don't know better they don't know better and sure maybe these people in the top know but 
your average Joe doesn't know. They don't know what the hijab is. Even till this, especially here in Texas, we're in South Texas. The average person, if you ask them what a hijab is, they do not know. Have you seen those videos of those guys going around New York and saying, what have you heard about Muslims? This is like 2022 and people do not know. And so of course, when it comes online and it's the news and somebody's telling you about something you don't know, you're gonna believe it because you don't know anything else. So my advice is to continue to celebrate the hijab, to continue to tell people what the hijab is and spread spread the love that way. Totally. And I'm proud to say that kind of you were saying some people don't really know, still don't know what the hijab is. I think that our generation, they know it. Everyone knows it. It's probably the people, you know, like the boomers and, yeah. and, and more than that, that are just like intolerant to it, the radio generation. Yeah. So it's like, I'm so, this is what brings me back to being grounded about the topic of the hijab, that I'm growing around people that know what it is. They're educated, they're cultured, and they celebrate the hijab with me. Like mm-hmm. just knowing that people my age feel that way about the hijab that's the world that we're gonna grow in so don't don't think of it the other way because the other way is scary yeah and it's also false it's a bunch of people who don't understand the hijab and are wanting to paint a certain picture of it and just in a bigger picture are intolerant of other people's differences yes and that's the problem really welcome to east austin Okay, so ending it, okay, so ending with the four check-ins, just to see how they've changed. Physically, I feel relaxed now. Mentally, I feel clear and content. Spiritually, I feel good because now I want to go pray. Because I have to pray, Aisha. (laughs) Emotionally, I feel grounded. Mm, that's good yeah emotionally i also feel grounded grounded in that knowledge spiritually i feel good i feel content i feel relaxed physically i feel very calm and mentally i'm feeling clear Thanks for reaching the end of the episode. We hope you learned something new about the women who wear the hijab. You can watch the recorded video of this episode on YouTube at Journal Hijabi. And be sure to follow our Instagram at Journal Hijabi to stay updated on all things hijabi and help spread our stories. Until next time, never forget the power of being a hijabi.